Chapter 15 Becky was elsewhere on this cool summer evening, but just like Peter and Mike, she was sitting in the dim light of her car, staring up at her own dark apartment building, her heart beating in her throat at the sight of it, her hands holding the wheel tight, resisting the urge to just drive off and leave her concerns behind. But it'd been too long, and now it was nearly too late. She'd convinced herself she was pregnant. Though still uncertain, she'd thought of no other excuse for her sickness, and decided that day, while sitting in the women's restroom at work, listening to Ken drum his hands along to his favorite band, that it was the only way to get Rando to listen to her, and perhaps give her money. She was now two months behind on rent. This presumptive closure on her worries and poor solution to her problems was not the first of its kind, and for that reason, it wasn't a moment she hoped to remember forever. It was something she wanted to extinguish as quickly as possible. She was scared and not sure what to do. Sadly, there was no one but Rando to turn to for help. If she were actually pregnant, it was, after all, half his problem. She shut off her car and got out, walking down the sidewalk like a weary, lost woman. She thought about her mom, someone she hadn't thought of in a long time. Then she got angry at the night and the things she was being forced to deal with. Becky didn't know her mom. According to stories from Becky's grandmother, her mom had been a young girl without discipline who'd fled at the first sight of tiny baby Becky skipping town just weeks after she'd been born and losing touch altogether in the months to come. Out on her chilly street, looking up the busted stoop of her apartment building's front entrance, Becky finally understood how that had all probably happened. She wanted to sit down on the front steps a while and let this sad, awful acceptance settle in. But then she thought about how her mother had probably done that as well, waiting it out like a coward for the days to just dissolve until it was too late and her body no longer hid her secrets, until her growing burden, like a goiter, bulged and burst from her in streaks of blood and cries of pain. Becky clutched her stomach and turned her back to the wind. She spit onto the sidewalk and climbed up the steps, pushing open the door and running down the hall to the elevators. It was a weird and very reflective ride up. She stood there alone, surrounded by actual warped reflections of herself in the dull chrome walls of the elevator. She tried to think of what she was going to say, but it dawned on her that Rando spoke zero English, so words wouldn't matter at all. It was going to be hard to explain, not just because what she had to say was situationally devastating, but also because she didn't know a single word of his language. Not even the word baby. She tried to think if she had any magazines in her apartment with pictures of pregnant celebrities in them, and then remembered throwing them all out one morning in a huff while searching for her keys. How on earth that careless decision had come to play a haunting part in all this was practically comical. Becky hiccuped, then belched, realizing she was kind of drunk. The elevator dinged and the doors swung open. Randall was standing right there in the hall with his laundry basket and a young, cherub-faced girl at his side. The girl was holding his hand, 
and beside her were two other girls that looked just as innocent and dumb. These were her down-the-hall neighbors. Like Alejandra, they were college girls who'd moved in over the summer. All of them had laundry with them as well. They hung in a line behind Rando, chatting and giggling. At first, Rando held the door for Becky, but quickly realized who she was and dropped his arm, pointing his eyes at the ground and dismissing her presence entirely. It'd been weeks since they'd seen each other. He'd grown a bit of a beard, and his hair was down around his shoulders. He was barefoot. So were the girls. They'd been at a pool somewhere. They smelled like it. Becky looked up into Rando's big, dark eyes, without care for the world, frowning the frown she brought with her from the car. Two of the girls scurried past her and climbed into the elevator, squawking for Rando and the other to follow. The third girl did as she was told, but Rando stayed in place, holding open the doors. He looked Becky in the eyes and studied the broken expression on her face. He looked slightly petrified, like a plotting vampire. Becky stepped out into the hall, and Rando let the elevator close, waving off the three girls with a grunt. Then, in a heavy silence, he and Becky stood alone in the carpeted hallway. Becky looked at the floor while Rando scanned the walls and ceiling blindly, scratching his head and holding back a yawn. He seemed to be waiting for her to speak, like he was waiting to be lectured, waiting to be yelled at, just waiting so he could pretend to listen. Becky suddenly felt like what she'd been to him all along, just a boring, fat roommate, a sad, lonely landlord he'd accidentally fucked out of desperation. Becky tried to speak, but stopped herself and bit her lip. Rando gave an impatient grunt and shrugged his shoulders at her. He pointed to the elevators, then to his watch, then back to the elevators. I, Becky said, hesitating. Rando, I screwed up. We, we screwed up. She struggled for the words, unable to think. She reached out and took hold of Rando's big hand and brought it to her stomach. Then she held it there, pressing his palm over her belly button and puffing her gut out as best as she could. Bad news, she said, looking him in the eyes. Rando looked her over. His eyes went white and still. He left his hand on her a moment, thinking, holding back his words and rolling them around in his mouth. His expression hardened. He frowned, retracted his hand, and threw back his giant shoulders. Looking her up and down as if he'd been offended, sniffing the air and sneering in disbelief, he shook his head and clicked his tongue. Becky wiped her nose with her sleeve and snorted. Rando snickered at her, refraining from bursting into a fit of laughter. Then his dark eyes turned cold and his jaw flexed to one side. He balled a fist and punched her hard in the stomach, knocking her to her knees. She staggered on the carpet, reaching for the wall, but Rando crouched down and hit her again, harder this time. Becky collapsed onto her side. Then he kicked her in the chest, and she let out a cry, shielding her face. It all happened within a second, and now she was curled into a ball like a scared armadillo, 
holding her knees to her breasts and sobbing with snot smeared all over her face. Her hair clung in her mouth. Her pulse beat behind her eyes. She'd never been punched that hard before. It hurt so bad. Her tongue tasted like vomit. Her voice fell out in moans. Her eyes clenched shut. Rando left. After kicking her a final time in the ribs, he picked up his laundry basket and ran to the stairs, jumping down them in a hurry to catch up with the girls. Back in the hallway, Becky laid there waiting for Rando's footsteps to turn around and for him to come running back with a hammer or an axe to finish her off. But his footsteps carried away until nothing remained but a ringing in her ears. She took a breath and rolled onto her back and then sat up and touched her side and face. She wasn't bleeding. Nothing was broken. No bones, anyway. With a heavy groan, she rose to her feet and staggered down the hall to her apartment door, sliding a shoulder along the wall for support. She reached her door and fished in her pockets for her keys. Her hands were shaking badly and her right side had gone numb. Through the door, she could hear Alejandra playing her bassoon. Becky pounded on the door and shouted a curse. Her teeth felt like stones. Alejandra cracked open the door, leaving the chain latch in place and peeking out from behind it. Miss Becky, she asked. Miss Becky, is that you? Yeah, it's me, Becky said. Let me in. Why don't you have your keys, Alejandra asked, not opening the door. The sound of Alejandra's voice was already enough to make Becky want to scream. But this stupid question twisted up her spine like a long needle. Becky reeled back and kicked open the door, breaking the chain latch off the wall and ripping the hinges from the frame. The door came crashing down and Alejandra jumped back and screamed, flailing her feather arms as she fell onto the fold-out sofa and burst into tears. Becky stomped into the apartment casually and took off her jacket, tossing it onto the ground. She picked up the door and propped it back in place as best it would fit, and then walked into the bathroom and turned on the shower. Over the crashing water and her own fits of coughing, Becky could hear Alejandra out in the living room, muttering to herself as she gathered her things into bags and boxes. Becky knew in a matter of minutes she'd once again have the apartment to herself, and she wished that she could just shower and sleep and awake to have the past few weeks be some stupid, meaningless dream. She wanted to wash the wrong off of her like a dried scab, but as she lathered her body over and over, the pain rose to her throat and choked her. She wilted and laid once again on her side beneath the falling water. It splattered off her like piss as she shivered to stay warm in its dwindling heat. Much too soon, the water turned ice cold, and she shook and cried, kicking her legs and writhing to climb to her knees. She shut off the faucet and fell out of the tub and grabbed a damp towel from a pile beside the sink. She dried herself on the toilet and began brushing her teeth with a comb, dumbly snagging it in knots while wiping her nose with the back of her hand. Her face was coated in snot, and her eyes were sore. Then Alejandra knocked lightly on the door. 
Miss Becky, I am going now, she said, speaking with her face pressed to the wall. I am going to leave now. Please do not be mad. Becky threw down the comb, pulled open the door, and looked at her little idiot roommate. They were two young women, both confused and crying, but they had not a single thing in common. They shared no same frustration, but had both been drugged to this breaking point by the same man. Becky didn't feel sorry for Alejandra. She didn't know her enough to share what had happened out by the elevators. She sat there on the toilet looking at the pretty ballerina, realizing that any man, not just Rando, but any and maybe every man to come, would have hit her like he did and cheated on Alejandra like he did. In all the deception and violence, there was no wisdom to be gathered. There was nothing they could do for one another. There was no warning or explanation Becky could give to stop the bad from spreading. Like two fish strung out on a line, dying in the air, all they could do was helplessly eye one another.